Hello and welcome to the Everything's Black and White podcast with me, Newcastle United editor Aaron Stokes. And I'm joined, as usual, on a Friday by John Gibson for another episode of Let's Talk About. John, thank you very much for being with us this morning. You're good? Yes, I'm great, mate. No problems whatsoever. Newcastle are looking good, not losing games. And uh, I just want a couple of more signings and I'll be very happy. Uh, yeah, I think we'll all agree with you on that. And it's very, very good that we get to see them back in action against Gateshead on Saturday. Now, John, when we were talking about the episode this week, we had a little bit of a discussion as to who we were going to talk about and we settled yeah. on none other than Newcastle's captain, Kieran Trippier, the man who started this big revolution on Tyneside. Um, you know, one of the most important signings, I think, in the club's history. But... Without going too far back, I want to talk about something that Kieran Trippier did just this week. Now, Newcastle United players back in training for pre-season and Kieran Trippier could have had a little extended break like Bruno and Joel in, but he decided against that and he came back to training early. I mean, he just he just screams professionalism, doesn't he? Oh, I, I mean, he, it's quite incredible, really. As you've already alluded to, Aaron, he was our big statement signing at the start of this revolution for the want of another word new owners new manager we had to get off running up and running from day one and the only way of doing that was to make a big statement right from the start get a big signing in and remember we were in big trouble we were a relegation site at this stage and Trippier had just won la liga with Atletico Madrid. Well, I mean, why on earth would you want to come here after winning La Liga? He did. All, we knew he wanted to come back to England, to the Premier League, but he would have more clubs than a bottom club like Newcastle United. But he saw through the sleeping giant, all those old phrases. He saw all that and he signed. And as a consequence of him signing, I believe people like Bruno... And later on, uh, Byrne and Botman and everybody that came in after that joined us because there must be something going on up there if Trippier has come to Newcastle. And mm. what, what did we get? We got four players in one. We didn't sign one player. We signed four players. We signed a right back who was playing for England. We signed one of the great attackers. Although he wears the two shirt, one of the great attackers. We signed the greatest free kick specialist probably there is around the Premier League with um, Ward Prowse, etc. And we signed an exceptional leader. He didn't need the armband when he first came. He didn't have it. Jamel uh, Lascelles had it. But he didn't need the armband. He's a natural leader by instinct. And now he is our captain. Lascelles has been left as club skipper last season, but there's only one captain, and it's Kieran Trippier. And what he is a terrific inspiration. He inspires me sitting in the press box, and I'm not even on the field. I mean, what he must do for players on the field, um, because he is a natural leader, and he does small things, Aaron, like you said, coming back early from training. Small thing, but it's off a statement isn't it? And and remember he was in plaster with a foot injury when he first come here and he travelled away games with a plaster on, for goodness sake. There's people who don't want to travel to away games when they're just sitting on the bench. He, he was travelling in plaster. He has been a terrific, terrific signing for Newcastle United. Yeah, absolutely. I think, as you say, you know, we're, we're very blessed in the press box to sit so close to the pitch. Sure. We, can, we can often hear Trippier more than most, um, you know, barking those orders out. And I think 
just you know, just talking about coming back this week. I mean, you know, it was only this time last month he was playing for England against Malta in Macedonia. You know, I mean, Eddie Howe must be over the moon, and, and the players around him must be thinking, you know, we need to step up our game here if Kieran Trippier is. Is you know he's not taking the extra holiday. He's coming in as you say. He's playing when he or he wants to play when he's not injured. That must just give the group such a collective lift to have someone like him around. I, I think Newcastle knew what they were buying. They weren't just buying a very very good right back. Uh, they knew what it was about. They knew the steel in him, the determination in him. I mean, let me ask you this question: When you said to us, "Let's do trips this week." I just sat down, thought about a couple of things, and I looked it up. And, you know, how many players, English players, have gone to La Liga in Spain and been a success like he was? For goodness sake, he won La Liga without being with Real Madrid or Barcelona. The two, mm-hmm. You know, they Scotland have Glasgow Rangers and Celtic. It's like Aberdeen suddenly going and winning the Scottish League. Yeah. I mean, you know, they, they won it against all the odds. And I looked up who I thought had been successes, English players in Spain. A very big league for donkey's years, as we know. And for me, apart from Trippier, there's four outstanding English players that have played and been a success in Spain. David Beckham with Real Madrid, obviously. Gary Lineker with Barcelona. Laurie yeah. Cunningham with Real Madrid. The, the, the black winger that played for West Bromwich, what a good player he was. Tragically mm-hmm. died in the car accident. And Steve McManaman, the old Liverpool player, of course, yeah. with Real Madrid. For me, there's only those four so what an elitist club Trippier's in with those four. Now, before we go any further, there's three guys to mention who some people would put up there, and I certainly would not, two of them with Newcastle United. Mike alone, no way was he a success in Spain. He only played he only played 36 games for Real Madrid. And we were stupid enough to go and buy him back and bring him to this country when he was so far past his sell-by date, he should have been put out with the, the dustbins. On the, yeah. I mean, he was a wonderful player at one time at Liverpool. He lost a yard of pace, and with that, he lost everything. Mm-hmm. And so he was he was not a success in Real Madrid. Jonathan Woodgate, a wonderful centre-half that played at Newcastle, uh, also went over there. But... Bless him, injuries ruined Woodgate's career. He only played nine games and he started off with it. Was it an OG or a double an own, OG? An own goal on his debut, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, frightening, frightening like a success. And even Mark Hughes, who people remember and say, oh, you know, the old Man United, say, oh, he went over to Barca. Now, he, was, he wasn't a success. He was a disappointment. He only lasted a season at Barca and didn't have a good season at all. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think Michael Owen, Jonathan Woodgate, Mark Hughes come into that equation and before anybody says what about Gareth Bale he was Welsh yeah, so he doesn't count he's talking about English he was Welsh so he doesn't count so I, if you put Trippier in the same bracket of elitist Englishmen to play in Spain with Beckham Lineker Laurie Cunningham and Steve McManaman that's the level of guy we got and we got him immediately after he won the La Liga title yeah. quite startling wonderful Wonderful. Yeah, and as you said, you know, to go over to Spain and to win the league with with not Madrid and not Barcelona, to actually win it with Atletico was, you know, just oh. adds to the sort of triumph, doesn't it? Without a shadow of doubt, as I say, it, it's something like Aberdeen who did it when Fergie was there, or uh, 
of one of the Edinburgh clubs winning the Scottish Premier League. And when was the last time anybody won the Scottish Premier League apart from Rangers or Celtic? Exactly. So it, it, it was quite, quite an achievement. And right at the height of that, and Simone loved him. Uh, the, the man loved him, but he knew that the lad wanted to come back to England. Mm -hmm. And we got in very, very quickly and sold him our dream. Uh, and therefore, he opened the door for people like Bruno. If Bruno was wondering whether to come here, and he thinks, wait a minute, Kieran Trippier's just won La Liga, and is in England international, and he's going some, he's going up there. I'm going to have to have a serious look at this. Yeah, it sets the benchmark, doesn't it? it, it it's interesting that you talk about the, the Spain move because, you know, the, the next question I've got here is I'm not sure if you've seen the clip, but I'm going to read the quotes out from last week when Sandro Tonali signed for the club and. Um, he was getting a tour of, of the Benton HQ and he spoke to Eddie Howe and he spoke to Dan Ashworth and he also got introduced to Kieran Trippier and Kieran Trippier sort of sat him down and said, if you ever need any help, I'm always here to help you settle. I know how hard it is to move to a different country and I'm always here if you need help about the city, the team, anything, I'm here. And then he um, sort of moved to Tonali's partner and said, especially for you because my wife really struggled in Spain. The quicker that you settle, the quicker Tonali will settle. You know, so that's the most important thing. I think that's a that's probably something that we've overlooked because Newcastle have been shopping on the continent. You know, the last two windows they've signed Bruno from France, Tonali from Italy, Isaac from La Liga. You know, Trippier knows exactly what it's like to go abroad and be a success. And I think it's very refreshing to hear him talking like that to Tonali. He must be a wonderful. Um, you know, sort of guide for these new European players coming over? Without a shadow of doubt. I mean, the, the, the interesting thing that you said there, Aaron, and it is important, is that Trippier's gone through this himself, going to Spain from Spurs. You know, Spurs, Burnley Spurs, it's an English lad, suddenly goes to Spain. I mean, that was a big move for him. That showed the sort of courage and, and, and visionary that he is. I mean, a lot of people would shy off a move like that. And, you know, and I remember when we were building the entertainers at Newcastle in the old days with KK, who had done the same thing. You know, he, he was a lad out of Scunny that had made it at Liverpool, etc., etc. But he went over to Germany to play for Hamburg. You know, that was quite brave because in those days it wasn't happening so much. And he always said, and he was opening the door to all sorts of people like Philip Albert and David Ginola uh, to come to Newcastle who were foreign players. And he always said, Gibbo, what you've got to do is win over the wives. Because if you win over, the, the husbands will want to play football. And if they get the right wage and they think they can get medals, and they, they'll come. But the wife is the one that the player goes home to every night. And if she's fed up and sick and lonely, and they, you get the wife on your side and you've got the player. So in the past, wives used to be discarded in the old days. I'm going back 30, 40, 50 years. You know, as all the little lady in the house. But if you're clever, you look after the family because the family is what looks after your player when he's not at the ground. And he spends more time elsewhere than at the ground, you know, in yeah. eight hours in a day. So you've got to get the, the wife and any kids, etc. there. And that's something that 
Kieran Trippier was doing with Tonali. And it's very, very important because, you know, you think of Tonali's wife and, I mean, all of a sudden she's going to go to Newcastle. First of all, she's got to look up where Newcastle is in England because, uh, you know, why should she know? And, and secondly, she's not going to get besotted by the plan we've got to win the Premier League, the Champions League in a, a domestic trophy first. You can get a player bought into that, but can you get a wife? So you look after her and that's something Kieran Trippier was doing. And I'm certain Eddie Howe will be right into the same sort of thing. Uh, and that is a very, very important. It had it played a good part in the building of the entertainers. And this is a replica, of course. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And I think, as I said, you know, very, very nice to see that he's, you know, not only taking the time out to speak to Tonali, but also really trying to make his partner at home on that first meeting, which, you know, again, just shows his, his leadership. Just talking about what he's like on the pitch. I mean, you know, Newcastle United's first full season under Eddie Howe, um, you know, the joint best defence in the league, you know, that is by no coincidence because of Kieran Trippier being there. Um you know, you look at that, you look at that defence and you've got Dan Burnett, you know, his big presence. You've got Cher and Botman, two very big lads. And then you've got little trips on the on the flank. I mean, it's just worked so well, hasn't it, with, with him and that team and, and sort of guiding that defence. Oh, without a shadow of a doubt, he's got a very, very good footballing brain. He's a natural organiser. And um, tactically, Newcastle have got it right, Aaron, because... What you want to do with trips is you want to get him on his bike as often as you can because overlapping down that right wing is terrific. Three kicks round the area, second to none. So you need him on his bike to, to get full value for money out of him. And what we do with having Burn on the other side, who's not a natural attacking left back, I'm not meaning he can't overlap, but it's not his natural game. He's a centre-half, for goodness sake. He's, he, you know, he doesn't do that. But what Howe's got them doing and what they've all got them doing, when, when Trippier gets on his bike and goes, the others shuffle across. So you've got three centre-halves uh, forming a line as the last line of defence in Shaw, Botman and Byrne. So they naturally just move across five, ten yards, all three of them, in the covers there, and Trippier can go, knowing he's not going to get caught out behind him too often because he's got three centre-halves dominating that position. And so he does get down there. In his combination with the wide player on the right, whoever it might be, is a vital weapon to Newcastle United, and you've got to utilise him to his very best. And that is something he does naturally, it isn't Burns' game naturally. Of course it isn't. He doesn't go with great elegance down that left wing and doing four step overs and clipping the ball to the back post. That ain't his strength. But his strength is defensive and he covers very well alongside Shaw and Botman for Trippier getting away. And so it works very, very well. Very, very well. And I, and I think it's it's no coincidence really that we've seen Miggy Almiron have such a improvement last season, having a player like Trippier behind him and those triangles that Trippier and Bruno and Almiron used to work so well. I think, you know, he's raising that game of even Longstaff in that sort of right-hand side position on the midfield three. I think it's, you know, he's really, really lifted the game of those around him. Um, It'll just, be interesting now, and just so he didn't interrupt, but thinking maybe we'll get that 
that triangle on the left-hand side as well this season. Tonali comes in, who can is a left-sided type player. Mm -hmm. If you get a left winger coming in, like say Harrison, and you get a left back, who's an automatic left back, mm -hmm. uh, as opposed to what Dan is, and I've done a program on Dan, and I'm not knocking Dan. I think he's been absolutely sensational, and to do what he did, left back, when all his physical attributes are against it, is mm -hmm. nothing short of sensational. But yes, you can still have a, 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 what I would call a proper orthodox left back to play in the Champions League. If you get that Tonali in Harrison, you could have that wing situation, that triangle that you've got with Trippier, Almirin and Bruno. And um, that would be a very nicely balanced side. It would be, definitely. And I think, you know, Trippier now, he, he's not getting any younger and, and we've talked a lot about his experience and what he brings and the leadership. And I just, it's a game that I always go back to and it's the Carabao Cup final. And I think, you know, let's not go over why Newcastle lost, but, you know, there's a number of reasons why they didn't get the win that day. But I think, you know, one thing that stood out for me was the fact that you look at that Manchester United team, Casemiro, Varane, you know, who have won you know, dozens of, of Champions Leagues between them. We've got David De Gea, who's won a lot. Even Rashford, who's played in big European games and such. And then you look at this Newcastle United team, and yes, they're only at the start of their journey, but only you look at that team, you think Trippier's maybe the only one who's been there and done it. He's been in Champions League finals. He's won league titles. And I think you look at who Newcastle United have been signing and they've signed some fantastic players. But when you look, Isaac, 22. Botman, 22 when he came in. Anthony Gordon, 20 when he came in. Do Newcastle need to be looking to sign players similar to Trippier's profile or age just so that when they, you know, they're in these big games, these big title deciders, cup finals, they've got just a little bit more you know, knowledge in the game. I, I follow that reasoning, Alan, very much, very much, um, because Newcastle have bought, what I say, players for today, but they're going to be even better tomorrow, mm -hmm. age-wise, with Isaac, um, Botman, etc., etc. And they've gone deliberately down that path. Having originally gone down the path of we're a relegation side, we've got to get out of relegation, so let us buy good experience. Mm -hmm. And they went for Trippier, they went for Dan Byrne, they went for Pope, all around the 30 mark. Maybe, you know, what they're trying to do now is be so clever, let's hope we don't trip over being so clever, <laughs> but being so clever that they've, bought, they've actually combined the both in the last signing. Tonali is in that young group, 23 that we've been talking about with Isaac and Botman and a star today but a star for tomorrow but he's also you know what Trippier is he's a league winner in his country he won Serie A with AC Milan and and played in all those Champions League games including to the semi-final and the season just ended AC Milan made the semis so he is young yet he's brought he is also bringing what Trippier brought to the table experience and a winner of the championship in the, his previous country that he played in. So he has brought that to the table. Yes, I think we do need that, but we've got it in him. And miraculously, we've got the best years of him still to come age-wise. So they've managed to combine their thing there. But yes, you've got to be careful that you don't buy a team of tomorrow's players and forget about today. 
Yeah, you can't win everything with kids. That was the that was the famous saying, wasn't it? It was. It was. It. Um, I mean, in in a way, Manchester United uh, proved with their kids originally yeah. that you can win things. But as a sweeping general generalization, people laugh at that statement. But it's also true. Yeah. And, and you've touched on it there, Tenali coming in, he's going to offer a lot. He's going to offer, you know, as you say, a lot of experience. He, he's been in, as you say, European finals and Champions League final, uh, semi-finals and, and all that. And um, also what he offers is seemingly a very, very good set piece. He was, you know, on his game in those under-21 Euros with assists and corners. And, you know, I remember at the, at the start of the, sorry, the back end of last season when Newcastle played Southampton and Trippier sort of joked with the press that if, James Ward-Prowse came in, he would be offset pieces. And actually, I think maybe he's got Tenali to worry about now. Yeah, yeah. Um, mind you, uh, he's, he's Mr. Nice Guy, but uh, he's hard-nosed as well, Trips. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tenali will have to get the ball off him, mate. There was nobody trying to take the ball off him at Newcastle United. But if mm-hmm. Tenali tries, he'll have, to take a, he'll have a job to get the ball off him. But, uh, I mean, Trippier, one of the great things... Oh, he's, he's ability on free kicks uh, without a shadow of doubt. But it's always nice to have a backup. It's always nice to have somebody else there as well. And what I'm looking forward to is the fact that um, we'll have Bruno and Tenali together in the middle of the park. Because sometimes in some of the key games against the very best of opposition, and you immediately think of Manchester City, don't you? Because they are the best of the best. You could play through Newcastle's midfield. Um, it'll be much more difficult to play through Bruno, Bruno and Tonali, you know, even for Man City. It'll be much more difficult to play through them two than it was in some of the matches. I mean, Newcastle didn't win a game when Bruno didn't play last season. Yeah. They didn't win a game. So that's how much he meant. Now, if Tonali can produce as much as Bruno, it will change the dynamics in the middle of the park, which is where a lot of games are won and lost, what happens in the middle third. Um, So that is a step forward. Uh, Trips were already looking towards um, what happens when Trips isn't there anymore and you've got a plan ahead. We we signed Ashby. And all of a sudden, he's gone sort of under the radar. I think we, we, we rate him, but we seem to think there's a gap and he may go out on loan or what because we're trying to we try to sign the right back from Southampton and still retain an interest. So it's interesting to think there might still be a gap there that, that we need plugging because we're looking for when Trippier is no longer automatic choice. And you're looking two, three seasons ahead. Uh, but you've got to do something about it quick. And by the way, when that moment comes, if ever there's a guarantee that somebody that's a player is going to make a top dog yeah. as a manager or a coach, you go trip here. Although, funny enough, down the years, Aaron, when you've been around as long as I have, you always see exceptions. And down the years, I have always looked at players and thought, will he make a good manager or a good coach? And sometimes you nail on somebody and think, he definitely will. And then it doesn't happen. For example, in the 74 Cup side, I always thought Frank Clark would be a good manager and John Tudor would be a good manager, but never dreamed of Malcolm McDonald being a manager. Uh, Clark proved a good manager because of what he did at, at Forest and to a certain extent Man City 
Uh, Tudor was never given the opportunity because he went away to Belgium to play football, got forgotten about. And by the time he came back from Belgium, couldn't get himself on the ladder and went off to America. But Supermac, you know, Jack the Lad, uh, Big Cigar, Champagne, John Wayne Stride, you never thought of him as a manager. And yet at Fulham, he was so successful, bringing them from nowhere right up to the verge of the top division. I remember him bringing Fulham up to Newcastle and waving at the crowd before the game, and all of a sudden we were 5-1 down. And, <laughs> and they'd done that in a previous game, and they did it in the next game. Uh, so it's interesting that while players are playing, you judge whether you think they can make mm. that crucial step. Trippier looks nailed on to become a good manager and or coach. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how he does it, but he's got all the attributes, hasn't he? Um, all the attributes to go on and, and do that job. Yeah, I certainly wouldn't be surprised to see him sort of maybe receive a little coaching role at Newcastle when he decides sure. to handle his boots. And, John, it's as if you're literally sat here reading my notes because you've segued <laughs> perfectly into the next topic because what I was going to ask you next was, um, you know, I wrote a piece on this yesterday and it was, it was about Fabian Cher and it was about how far up the priority list should a new centre-back be this year? Because we've got, um, obviously, Cher and, and Botman, who form a fantastic partnership. But, you know, Fabian Cher's 32 in December and he's not getting any um, younger. The same couldn't be asked for Trippier. You know, we've already um, touched on the fact that they're interested in Livramento from Southampton. Um, how far up the list for you is a backup right-back this summer? Just to have somebody in behind Trips if needed that's an intriguing question and i've thought so much about it myself and in an ideal world it's very necessary there's no question about that but we don't live in an ideal world and because of uh, financial fair play can newcastle united not do what they wish to do and what Man City did right from the start. Because when Man City were taken over, you've got to remember, there was no financial fair play. They mm -hmm. could just go out and splash the cash, sign whoever they wanted. And, and regardless, Newcastle haven't got that luxury. So where does cover for trips come? It's important. But is it as important as an orthodox left-back to play in the Champions League next season, as a right-footed centre-half to cover Shea and even push Shea perhaps out of the team as another midfielder or a winger. Um, it, it depends. In an ideal world, all of those need signing. But if we didn't get a cover right-back for trips until a year's time, that would be fine. Mm -hmm. But if we don't get a left-back or a right-sided centre-half for a year, that mightn't be fine. Mm -hmm. So I don't think it's top of the agenda. I think it's something that's got to happen. But you, you've got to gamble that Trips is fine for another season. Is Shaw going to be fine for another season? Is Bernard left-back going to be fine for another season? That's not so nailed on, in my mm -hmm. humble opinion. So I don't think it's top of the league, but it needs doing. But, you know, if we buy the kid from Southampton and then decide on financial fair play, that's about as much as we can do apart from loans, has that been a good move instead of a left-back or a right-sided centre-half? I'm not certain. Um, you know, we need 
right-sided centre-half. Shaw is a, a good player. Shaw has done terrific for Newcastle coming from what he was. And I always say that he was a, a, wa a walking mistake waiting to happen mm -hmm. under the old regime. He, he always looked good on the ball. He, he always had ability, etc., etc. But he would make a massive clangor. He always had a mistake in him, didn't he? He always did. Now you don't think so. But... You've got to bear in mind, Newcastle had Byrne, signed Byrne and had him as the left-sided left-back and they still signed Botman because mm -hmm. I thought he was an upgrade on Byrne as a centre-half. And I must say that I think he is. And, and so there is an upgrade to be had on Shaw, certain, and certainly in the long term, and that is the position we're not adequately covered uh, in, in terms of who can go in there. And also, if we buy somebody for that position... Let's buy him with pace because if there's something missing out our back four, it's probably pace. Mm -hmm. uh, we're not blessed with pace at the back, uh, so let's get some pace in there. Um, but yes, long term, we need somebody from Trips. I mean, if Trips was out for the, and you can always rattle a cage and say, What if Trips is out for a season? Oh, crikey me, aye. But what if Pope's out for a season? What if Isaac's out for a season? Mm -hmm. What if Bruno's out for a season? You know, you can worry yourself to death if you if you want to, because we no team outside of Manchester City has got adequate cover in every single position mm -hmm. that if a player gets hurt, they won't miss him. Absolutely. And I think I think you've hit the nail on the head there in terms of the priority. I think if you look at that team. A left back is is certainly up there. I think another midfielder wouldn't wouldn't be sniffed at. Even another yeah. little bit of firepower up front as well on one of the wings. Um, obviously we're touching wood here. We, we don't want Kieran Trippier injured or at all. But should he get injured in pre-season, then you know how has a few backups. You've you've already touched on Horish and Aspied. It hasn't really worked for him um, at the club so far, which is a bit of a shame. You've also got Emil Kraft and Javier Manquillo now. Me and Andrew have a little bit of a disagreement on our show, and that is about Javier Menkeo. For some reason, Andrew's a really big fan, and he wants to to see him, you know, see him kept. For me, I think as times probably came, um, I'm a really big Emil Kraft fan. I think he sort of goes under the radar in terms of players that have had a really good transformation under Eddie Howe. He was fantastic when he filled in for trips last season. You know, when you look at those three players in behind Trippier, what's your thoughts and, and feelings on, on them and their future at the club, really, short-term and, and long-term? Terrific question. Um, I think Manquillo, it, it's a hard old game football, you know, and you've got to take sentiment out of it and be ruthless. I mean, don't talk to me about nice lads <laughs> because nice lads don't win your football games. I'm a nice lad, but play me right back and I'll get taken all day and we'll lose six. So, you, you know, I, I don't want nice lads. I want good players. Um, Manquillo's best days have gone. And there's, uh, if we're harsh, and you've got to be harsh, once you, it's all, you can have a little leeway when, you, when you're owned by Ashley and man's by Bruce because you just want a squad that's going to keep you up finish fourth bottom because that's a height of your ambition it's no longer a height of ambition McQuillo yes he can look good going forward Can he runs elegantly but so did Usain Bolt but I don't want him playing right back for Newcastle you know I mean uh, uh, Manquilla's great days have gone and they were never that great anyway but they've gone um, so I can understand us selling him Kraft he was one of the great improvements 
of the old Newcastle squad taken over by Howe. Craft mm-hmm. looked a different player, Almirin looked a different player, Shaw looked a different player, and Joe Linton became a different player mm-hmm. through a change of position. Craft looked terrific. The problem is, at the moment, Craft's had such a bad injury. Will he come back to what he was? Play God, he does for his sake as well as for ours. But he should, you were talking, and uh, I mean, if Trips got injured pre season or at the start, Craft wouldn't be ready. Because yeah. that's already been stated. So that becomes a problem. But yes, Kraft can be a backup um, and a good backup. Uh, and I think more of a backup than Manquillo is. Um, neither of them would I want to see a regular starter in the Newcastle side because mm-hmm. I think that's going backwards. I think we've left them behind in the same way as we've left Dominic and Richie behind for all they've got an extra year on their contract. It's because you need 25 players now, uh, and that leaves room for Dummett and, and um, Richie. Mm-hmm. And again, two lovely lads who have been good servants to Newcastle United. But I tell you what, if they're regular starters for Newcastle United this season, we're in big trouble, mate. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's one of those situations, isn't it? Yes, we do need a right back, but I think we need left back more. I think we need to send it off more. And you're right, we, we can do with another midfielder. And we're already looking at Harrison quite seriously. That is apparent. So we need a winger there. It's going to be interesting to see who we actually get. How many I'm talking of. Because mm-hmm. we've only got one so far. Now, are we so meticulous that we want the right man with the right character as well as ability and within the, our wage structure, because we don't want to start upsetting Trippier and Bruno and Isaac and people like that, or are we actually struggling because of financial fair play to be able to get more than two players through the door? Because we are persevering. There's still a long time to go in this window, but... It's not as easy. We're not mopping up left, right, and centre. We keep getting told players are desperate to come to Newcastle, i.e., like Harrison, etc. And I'm certain they are. But it might be a balancing act. We're not. We've talked about wanting a left back, a centre half, a midfielder, a winger, and possibly right back cover. We aren't going to get all of them this summer. That's the only guarantee there is. We're not going to get them all. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it's interesting to see how the juggling goes. And uh, you know what it's like with Geordies. You get a bit of silence after Tenali and you see... You start panicking. All oh, right, Manchester United getting Mount and Arsenal are getting Rice and Aston Villa are signing him and somebody else is signing him. And it suddenly starts saying, oh, dear me, what's happening here? Oh, we're going to get overtaken again. Uh, Liverpool have signed two midfielders. Uh, won a World Cup winner, and um, so and and some of the targets we were after the Hungarian that's gone to Liverpool, Madison that's gone to Spurs. Uh, suddenly we're going, whoop, whoop, whoop. is Harrison going to go off somewhere else? And you know, twitching like the fried egg. But that's Jordy's because we're used to disappointment, and we find it very difficult to live in in Savile Row instead of on uh, on the the street corner with the big issue magazine. I think that, like you say, there's a there's just too many scores from previous years where they fail to get deals over the line, and I think that's still resonating, even though 
Um, there's a new ownership in charge. Just on, just a final question for you, John, on, on Trippier. We've been touching on it here about the importance of, of big new signings. And when you look at the players Eddie Howe's brought in, Alexander Isak, big signing, club record fee. You look at Bruno and what he's done, you know, to the club and how he's, you know, instantly had this hero status. They haven't really missed a beat in the transfer market, but... In your opinion, is Kieran Trippier the most important signing of this of this new era? Without a shadow of doubt. And one of the reasons why is because he was the first. Mm-hmm. And you've got to get it right right from the beginning. And he has done that. Um, and yes, uh, we, we every signing bar a couple, um, and they are obviously Chris Wood and Target, who have fell beneath the super status, but everyone else we've been so well looked after in the transfer market. Botman, terrific. Isaac, terrific. Trippier, terrific. Byrne, done a great job for us. There's no question. There's a centre-half and a left-back. Pope, we keep forgetting about Pope. What a good goalkeeper he is. Mm. Um, so we've done terrific in the transfer market. But Trips has got to be top of the pops. Because... You've got to have somebody big that commits himself and says, I believe in this project. Because you can have a manager spouting what going to, what you're going to do. I mean, all managers sound wonderful when they sit down with a player. They don't deliver afterwards when the player arrives, by the way. But they, mm-hmm. they can talk the talk, but they can't walk the walk. But So you had to get the first one in. And players, just look at other players. And if you think Trippier's come from winning La Liga, he's an England player and he's joined Newcastle United. Hey, we might have to take this a bit serious and listen to what they're saying up there because this might be the start of something like the entertainers was just once we got the early names of the entertainers through, it was simple to go out and sign. I mean, we were able to, to sign Andy Cole, then sell him off to Manchester United. And buy two better centre-forwards in Les Ferdinand and Alan Shearer. Mm-hmm. Once you get on that roll, you got going. And now we can get Tonali and all them without thinking about it. Why? Because Kieran Trippier came. That's why. And, and so he has been absolutely imperative. Now, sometimes your first signing is a wonderful signing, like Killer Kill Klein was for Kevin Keegan. But then he rapidly gets overtaken himself mm-hmm. because he was brought in to do a defensive job, keep us from going in the third division. And then after that, we get a better centre-half, Philip Albert. But Kieran Trippier is not like that. Kieran Trippier was the icing on the cake before yeah. we had a cake. He was. And I tell you what, it still baffles me that they managed to poach him for 12 million. I tell you what, it was a... Looks more and more like a bargain every day. I think, as you say, you know, he was the first through the door. He took the plunge, you know, Champions League football to a relegation battle. And, you know, whatever he does between now and the day he leaves Newcastle, I think you'll you'll be remembered very, very fondly. There's no question that he is already one of the Newcastle United legends and a guy who, uh, you know, can come to this city from wherever he is when he's 65 and walk into town and he'll not have to buy a drink um, because all the dads will remember him and the sons will have heard of him from the dads <laughs> and, and that's one of the wonderful things that uh, he is guaranteed at Newcastle and why? Because he's all round package 
you normally get a player who is good at a couple of things. This fella is good at everything. He's the best right back. He's the best attacker. He's the free kick expert. And he's a leader for none. Uh, so you've got four players in one. Um, and that is that is something extra, extra special. And um, when we get to win our first trophy, and it won't be far off, I mean, uh, let us look back and thank Kieran Trippier for coming here in the first place. Because Absolutely. without him coming, none of this would happen. Absolutely. And let's hope he's the one lifting that trophy alongside Jamal Lascelles this season when it happens. Well, John, thank you very much for joining me this week um, for Let's Talk About. Me and John will be back next week um, to talk about some of the squad players at Newcastle and talk about their futures. We'll also have some podcasts available for you all over the weekend after Newcastle's class with Gateshead. And I'll be back for the Monday show with a special guest in Andrew Mudsgrove's absence. Thank you very much for listening to any podcast provider. Please remember to give us a like and a follow and a subscribe and share us on all your platforms. And we'll speak to you again very, very soon. Cheers.